What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 29 of the Culture Shark Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Grant, and sitting across the table from me is... Cody Hager. The Culture Shock Podcast is a podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything that matters, and a lot of things that actually don't. This week, we will be talking about... Everything over the past <laughs> two years, Cody. Tyler. We have not podcasted in legitimately two years and four days. I don't know if we should even, you know, bring that fact up. But yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. Just when we thought the podcast was like completely dead, and it, it basically was, we've resurrected it and it has give, been given new life. Oh, it's got new life. That's for sure. We're going to blame this on the pandemic, though. We're blaming that on the pandemic. Yes, I, I think we definitely can. And we're gonna, definitely going to get into the pandemic talks in, in a little bit um, because that has been a big factor in the life of everybody over the past two years, but us two included. Lots of big life changes, what we'll get into in just a few minutes. But first, if, listeners, if you remember this, if you even have listened to us in the past, I'd like to just throw a question out to Cody before we get started into the topic of the day. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. You're a professional baseball player. Oh, I know no. you're not, oh, but no. you are in the in this reality. Okay. What is your walk-up song? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I know it is. I wish I'd have more I, time I to prep. Some... Um, like I, knowing me, like I, I kind of want to be like, just go against the grain, you know. Even though, yeah, I want to go against the grain. So I would do like a like a Mozart or a Bach. Concerto. Just that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard you say. I mean, something like upbeat, but like I don't know. It would just seem kind of lame to do like a pop song or a country song or uh, I don't know. I just want to do something like what? Who in the world picked this song? And part of it's because I don't like baseball, so I'd be like, true, you know, bump y'all. But it's like your, your statement against the game. Like, look at me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could go like it really deep on it. Like it's uh this this game is outdated, so I'm gonna play something from 1826. You know. Yeah. 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 But that, that's just me being a turd. So, I don't know. The, the song that came in my head, and I don't know why, was All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> I, I have no clue. Like, I don't listen to that song a lot, but that was just kind of like the one that came up. Yeah. No. So, I think, I think we could, I think there's something in that one. No, that's actually a good one. That's way better than mine. That hey, one's good. now you're an all star. Get such your game on. One. Ugh. Yeah. Kind of play. <laughs> That's, that's so we're, we're just going to kind of hit the past two years um, over the next few minutes, which is a lot of stuff that we've walked through. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about what's coming on in the future as well for each of us. Uh, if there is a future of podcasting anymore or not, or if this is just a one off. And then we'll see you again in two years whenever we're 30 years old. Um, so, Cody, Tyler. pandemic happened. Like, what has happened in your life? Since we last recorded. Yeah, so we last... December 18th, 2019. We last recorded in December, and Sarah and I were getting ready to have our, our child, which is just weird to think about. Oh my about. gosh. Yeah. Brooks was not born Brooks yet. Brooks wasn't even born. No. So he was born in January, and yeah, so that happened, and then we actually, we were one of the last, you know, couple of people to be able to have people in the hospital with us, so my family was there, her family was there. All that happened. It was great. He's here. Wonderful. And then obviously we went into a pandemic. I'm trying to compress the last two years into a couple sentences here. But pandemic, 
Um, and then, yeah, spent the year at Montgomery through the pandemic. And then Sarah and I moved the beginning of this year back home for me to South Carolina. So now, yeah, we're back in South Carolina. Nice to be back home, close to my family, uh, working two different jobs. Life has changed a lot. Have an almost two-year-old, which is insane. But yeah, that's 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 kind of two years in one that, sentence. That's the yeah. short answer of baby pandemic, big move, job change for both of you. You know, n- n- nothing big at all. No, nah, it's been really chill, really chill. Yeah. One thing that has happened to each of us since this has happened, I don't know if you even thought about this, is we have both lost fantasy football in two different years. Okay. Yes, kind of. And I know this isn't a fantasy football talk, and we're not getting into the the nuances of fantasy football because you as a listener probably don't care. Or you might. I don't know. You may. Um, But this May, since I lost fantasy football last year, I had to take the SAT (laughs) – As a 28-year-old, and Cody, what do you have to do? I have to do the Waffle House Challenge. You spend 24 hours in a Waffle House, uh, and every waffle you eat takes an hour off your time. So, yeah. What's your goal? How many waffles are you shooting for? My goal is 10. Um, Okay, so 14 hours in Waffle House. 14 hours in Waffle House. You go in at like a, you know, kind of earlier afternoon-ish is my goal. Um, and you just kind of, you know, pound through the night. If you can eat 10, do like one every hour, a little bit more than, you'll get out of there like Saturday. If you do it Friday, get out Saturday morning pretty early. So you still have the rest of Saturday. That's my goal. You got this. I mean, if you spread them out, it's not that much. It's like three meals of waffles, and you're just eating three waffles a meal. I'll be honest. I'd still rather do the Waffle House Challenge than the SAT. I, I don't know I don't, why, man. but I would. That was that was really hard. Um, for those of you listening don't know, Cody and I are both student ministers, but I'm a student minister here in Montgomery, Alabama. So it, it's weird going into a SAT test where you're surrounded by high schoolers and you are literally spending most of your life with high schoolers. I had one of our guys, uh, he texted me and said, hey, I had a buddy say he saw you in the SAT the other day. I was like, that, that's just the worst. That's so funny. Um, Oh my but gosh. I did. I made an 1170, which is in the 77th percentile of all high school students. Nice. So, I mean, I could get into a really good college with that. Did you get any college letters? Yes, I got some <laughs> from Georgia State, from Alabama, from Troy. From the University of Alabama? Yeah. That's not hard they, to get they, in they there. They me some stuff. So. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've already got my undergrad degree, so, you know. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. So yeah, that's, that's been that's been your life. Yeah. Um, for us, I mean, a lot has changed, but it hasn't. Actually, it has a lot. Um, so pandemic happened, you know, through everybody's world for a spin. We were at home all the time. Um, and then Elizabeth and I decided to build a house in the middle of a pandemic, which, Cody, was that smart or dumb? It was very smart. Very, very smart. It was. And we hit it right before the real estate boom really happened. So we got in with a good price, got yeah. to sell our house at a good price. So, you know, really good uh, money-making moves, investing moves right there. And then, so built a house in March of this year. Cody moved in May of this year. Stayed <laughs> with us for a little bit. And then uh, we have another baby on the way in T-minus 13 days, Cody. Woo! That is insane. Wow. Two that is weeks crazy. from yesterday, we will be man coverage with kids. That is 
That is so awesome. Man, and y'all have yeah. to, y'all be man covered. Yeah. That's true. Ugh. I don't even know I what know. to do about that. That's just crazy. I don't either. You're such I'm an like, adult. We're super, I am. I've done all the adult things. Everything like, that you just said I, was a very adult thing. We built a house. We're having our second child. I'm starting yes. my 401k. All of those things. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and I just feel like the past two years have been like a lot of year, a lot of, a lot of maturity and growth has happened. Probably in both of our lives, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like there's been a lot of personal growth, professional growth, um, and I've had I've had to just mature through it. So it's been it's been a roller coaster, a whirlwind, everything you can imagine. Um, but really, it's been a, a really cool season um, that we've been walking through. Any other things over the past two years, Cody? You can think of that have been huge life moves. Well. I mean, it's not huge, but you did mention it. We were roommates again for the first time in like six years. Um, oh, whenever you lived with us for about a week, right? Yeah. I lived, so the story is, just so everybody knows, like Sarah had to start her job, and then I was still finishing up my job in Montgomery, so we were just living apart for like four days. Um, but roommates with Tyler. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminded me times. of the good old days. Uh, do what? It reminded me of the good old days, you know? It did, just back in, like we were in college 11 years ago, oh. doing the roommate stuff, but instead we had kids with us this time. Yeah. <laughs> and Brooke still wasn't sleeping perfectly through the night, so you were going up and down all the time trying to figure no. him out. No, that was not fun. That was not fun. No but f- we did, we did have one night where we had, uh, we pulled out the SNES Classic, mm. and we played some Super Mario Kart for a little bit, and got to really lean into that. Yeah, we got to be kids again. Yeah, um, and another thing, Cody, I was thinking about. You probably won't even or even vaguely remember this night. So, it was either before or after we we recorded our, our last episode. We were at Midtown Pizza Kitchen, and I think it was the five of us, if I'm not mistaken. Me, you, Elizabeth, Sarah, and Judah. I th- I think it was okay. And for some reason, we 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 were all talking about like the podcast and everything. And I had this thought. I was like. I want this podcast to have, I, I want it to like, you know, I want to really lean into this and make it something legit. And then after that night, we never recorded another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, forget about that. That's the ancient past. We're back. It's now. Yeah. We're jumping into this thing. We're, we're back, we people. We are. We're back. We're jumping. In, we, we're back. So one thing that we like to hit on a lot is since we're the Culture Truck Podcast is just really pop culture over the the past two years, we, we want to hit the highs, the lows, the goods, the bads, the nothings that happened um, between 2020 and 2021. Um, so looking back over the past two years, let's just kind of break it down a little bit. Kind of look at Marvel, some Star Wars, some main movies, and then look at what some of the binges that we were leaning into since then. So what do you want to start us off with, Cody? Uh, I think we need to start with Disney Plus. Like when we were recording December 2019, Disney Plus, I believe, had just really started coming out. Is that right? And yeah. Mandalorian was big um, at the time. Came, Disney Plus started in October of 2019. Yeah. And then we, we actually did our episode back in 2019 uh, of comparing Netflix and Disney Plus before Disney Plus came out, uh, asking if Disney Plus was the beginning of the end for Netflix, and it wasn't. It's just a completely different streaming service um, 
But yeah, it, it came out right when we uh, started stopped podcasting, and it has not stopped since then. No, it has not. It has really just grown since then. So there have been so many TV shows. I can't even list them all. A lot of Marvel, um, some Star Wars thrown in there. Uh, a big one that we didn't talk about before we started recording that I know you probably want to talk about is The Clone Wars. Um, oh, yeah. That happened. Wow, it did. Yeah. that we, It's been a long time since we recorded just remind you it's just like it it is crazy to just like retrospectively look back at the past two years and think what has happened whenever it's easy to think oh it didn't but the reality so much had happened over the past two years um so like you said uh mandalorian kicked off right as we were taking our hiatus from podcasting and it really i think changed the game of how big companies are releasing um, their content. Yeah. Because ever since The Mandalorian, so many TV shows, Marvel, Star Wars, Disney itself, Pixar, even like looking at Paramount with their, the new Halo show coming out, it has changed how we consume media. Um, so, so what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it really has. Um, Disney Plus is just kind of another cog in the machine, really. Um that's kind of one way to look at it because when we talked about it, we had talked about, you know, the differences between that Netflix, what that could look like. And it really is like, if you have young kids or if you're a star Wars or Marvel fan, which covers a broad you know, spectrum of people, you're going to have Disney plus and you're yep. going to be looking forward to something basically every month where you don't have to leave your home and you get to watch something that's super high quality, like the Mandalorian, like WandaVision, like Loki, like all of these were basically mini movies split into a couple of weeks that were for a targeted audience. So it's just a different piece of the puzzle. It's really, I mean, it's great. And it hit perfect for the pandemic. Everybody's staying at home and, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, okay, I'll watch Disney+. Plus. They've got a new show coming out that everybody's really excited about. And I can still talk with people about it and text back and forth with you. So it's it's, yeah. it's been great, honestly. Like I, I don't think it's been a bad thing at all. Um, and it's been great to see some of the content that they have put out to explore some of these lesser characters. Like right now, you know, it's Hawkeye. Um, yeah, which the season finale dropped today. I haven't got around to watching it yet. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still kind of right in the middle of it. But then, you know, Black Widow... That one was kind of messy, supposed to be a theatrical release, wasn't, kind of, was. Um, but just more of the minor characters. Loki um, was a great show. Uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. For sure. And it, like, I think it, it came out, like you were saying, at the perfect time in the middle of the pandemic year. Because we couldn't go to the movies anymore. Literally, I mean, theaters shut their doors and the only way you could get new content was through these streaming services. So Disney started to re- release the movies that they had already made, were planning on theatrically releasing, and dropping them on Disney Plus as the, the premier access for an, an added fee. Movies like uh, Mulan, movies like, uh, like you said, Black Widow, The Jungle Cruise, uh, mm. just to say a few of them, were added for this premier access, a Corella, and then... Um, it just really changed the way that we were able to consume that media whenever we weren't able to go to the theaters. So it was really a good release um, from the pandemic. And two, you'll probably second me on this one. I do not understand how parents parented kids without Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Listen, Bluey is on weekly, if not daily, Blue- at our house. Bluey is the show for you? Yeah, Blue- Bluey is it because we've tried to get off of Coco Melon because it's just too babyish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Disney Plus, like, it's perfect for that. Or 
He'll go Mickey. I know that Judah loved Mickey. Yeah. I don't know if he still does, but like it was insane. Mickey, 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 Mickey. Like that's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. You could pay yeah. six dollars a month just to watch Mickey. Like and that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Judah's been big on Spidey and his amazing friends. Oh, that's awesome. He's moving on. It's, up. A, good, it's a good one. And then and then the Grinch, which isn't Disney related, it's just on Hulu. But it's and, and you know we're we're not those those parents that just throw our kid in front of the TV all the time. But, like, last night, I had to go to the doctor. Like, you can hear me that I had this cold going on. And as Elizabeth was coming to get him, he had to wait with me. Like, literally, while I was back in the back getting, like, a question from the doctor. So I had to pull up Disney+. Plus. He was watching Up while I was getting swabbed for COVID. So it's just, it's, <laughs> it was, it's beautiful to have this, like, all these shows and movies at the palm of our hands um, through Disney+. Plus. I'll tell you one that we didn't really think about or we couldn't have foreseen as much um, – in December 2019, and that's HBO Max. Yeah. Like, yes, 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 yes. Has been huge over mainly, I would say, 2021 because of the theatrical releases and what they, the partnership. I can't remember what movie studio they did it with. Um, I'm blanking on that. But basically, WB? Was it Warner Brothers? It was Warner Brothers. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So they basically just said, whatever movies you guys are coming out with, we can put them on our app, and sometimes we'll charge an extra little bit, sometimes we won't. And it, like, worked perfectly. Like, we watched Dune this past year, um, HBO Max, and then because of that, we jumped into some other shows um, that have been great. But did not see that one coming. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, I watched on HBO Max, one, the Snyder Cut of hmm. Justice League, which happened in, during the pandemic. I watched uh, Suicide, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, the new iteration of it, which, have you, did you ever watch it? Yeah, we watched it. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. In my I opinion. liked it. I liked it more than the first one, for sure. It was a yeah. lot, lot more fun. Uh, we watched Kong vs. Godzilla. Well, I did. Elizabeth did not watch Kong vs. Godzilla. <laughs> so, but it just it just opened this this door where you could release movies that weren't Disney-related yeah. to a streaming platform. Yeah. Yeah. I think, a premium it? for it. And it? Well, Wonder Woman was the other one. That was the other big one that was on my mind. I think that was through HBO Max. I think Wonder Woman 84, that was December 2020. I think that really kicked off the HBO Max mm-hmm. kind of like, here here it is. Yeah. Lean into it. Watch movies through this new new medium. Um, but 84 was also one of the movie, first movies that was put back in the theaters as theaters were slowly starting to reopen in 2020, um, December 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back on streaming in just a minute, but what was the first movie that you went to a theater to see since the pandemic? Uh, the first one, like after March, 2020. Yeah. I think, and I'm not entirely sure. I think it was tenant because tenant was summer 2020. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. Tenant was summer 2020 and we, I really wanted to go see it. Chris Nolan movie. And we went to, I don't remember. We were still in Montgomery, so I don't remember where we went, but um, pretty empty theater. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Movie wasn't the best, to be honest. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that it's was very, it. It's very Nolan. It's very Nolan, but it was also like, it's one of those movies, you want to see it in the theater, but we couldn't hear a word that was said in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was a problem, not just where we were watching it, but everywhere. But yeah, that was the first movie release, and it was odd. Because it had been like six, seven, eight months or whatever since we had seen a movie. And it was kind of a risk to even go out um, yeah. and watch one. But we wanted to go see it. So what about you? We went 
So the last movie I think we actually saw in theaters, if I'm not mistaken, was Frozen 2 in November <laughs> of 2019. And then the first movie we saw in 2021 this year was actually Space Jam A New Legacy. That we took Judah to his first movie and we made it 40 minutes in and then we left. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Which, theater was packed. So we were trying to wear masks. Um, it was super hot and Judah was just like, I'm over it. That, so that was, was also, uh, It was just an interesting thing being back in the movies. That was also an HBO Max release. It was. Yeah. They had that as an HBO Max release, but we thought it'd be fun to go into the movies, see if you'd enjoy it. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> He's not there yet. <laughs> um, so let's go back to Disney Plus for just a minute and talk about the TV shows. And I want you to tell me, what are your top three Disney Plus specifically TV shows that have released since the inception of Disney Plus? You're talking... All Disney Plus shows. All Disney Plus. All Disney Plus shows. Ooh. Off the top of my head, really hadn't thought about this a ton. Thought about it a little bit. I'm going to go from three to one, if that okay. makes sense. So I think number three is Loki. Okay. Yeah, just, I mean, still re- really interesting galactic size story that was huge. Loki's such an interesting character. Um, Tom Hiddleston, great job, always. Yeah. Uh, so, great. And then number two, probably WandaVision. Okay. Because that was the most unique thing. And it was, like, again, one of the bigger, like, first Disney Plus TV shows that was a Marvel focus. Um, and then Mandalorian, still yeah. up there. Like, it's okay. just, it's fantastic. Mine's yeah. really similar. It's uh, WandaVision 3, Loki 2, and then um, Mandalorian number one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, Mandalorian, just, it, I think part of it is it was that Disney Plus first show came out, like, and it was the first Star Wars thing that wasn't a movie, that wasn't Clone Wars, that was live action, like, yeah. all those things played into it, so I was just hyped for it, but it delivered on a lot of fronts. <laughs> but interestingly enough, since then, season two came out, and the finale came out with Luke Skywalker making an appearance oh, back in, in live action Star Wars. Which was, that was about a year ago today. Yeah. Which just, I mean, that was absolutely incredible. One, just to see Mark Campbell back. And two, that they kept it completely under wraps. And then it was 100% shock value whenever I watched it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, just they, insane. <laughs> An insane moment. They released a, did you watch the, the gallery on that episode? Uh, I watched part of it. I don't, I don't remember it, though. Yeah, they, they literally went as far to every time, with any type of internal things they did with Luke, they put Plo Koon's head on him. So they, they went as far to say, like, hey, it's Plo Koon coming back. If anybody, if it were to leak, nobody would see that it was Mark, but they would see this picture of Plo Koon. They, like, they went through all these extremes, and they did it. And it was one of the coolest moments I've had watching anything over the past, really, five to ten years. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great moment. Just a great moment. Um, I, I think everybody had a collective just geek out in that moment yeah, um, because sure. the Mandalorian is such. It's supposed to be such a small show within this not small but small scope within the Star Wars universe. And there's some pieces here and there, and all of a sudden, boom, Luke Skywalker's there. Just crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Absolutely. And, now, then, and then, like you were saying, what were you gonna say? I was gonna ask. Change direction. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just going to say, you were talking about with with Loki and WandaVision. 
Loki was such a cosmic show, which changed the MCU moving forward. It brought in the TVA and different, you know, time traveling realities, the multiverse. So it really changed everything going forward, and that's why I love that show so much. Now, what are your thoughts on WandaVision? We we really, I think it's. I think it's important enough we need to take a, a few minutes to talk about it because the show itself, you watch the first, let's say, two episodes, and you're just like, what, what's happening? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get this. And then the show yeah, no. unravels from there, but I'm curious your thoughts. I, I completely agree. <clears throat> because you go in the game, Spider-Man Far From Home, and then you get a year of silence. I mean, there's, there, there's nothing. And then you start off phase four, with this weird 50s TV show where you don't know what's going on. I mean, you're completely just like, what in the world is going on right now? And I, this was one of my favorite pandemic binges, which we'll get into in just a minute, because of the week-to-week, what in the world is going on? Yeah. I, yeah. I, will, ne- I will never forget those moments of every week watching the episode, going to YouTube, watching New Rockstar, Screen Crush, and just trying to figure out and put the pieces together uh, – what in the world? Like, how is this fitting together within the MCU as a whole? And then you begin to see the pieces kind of slowly come together over the course of two and a half months. And I think it was a really satisfying show to watch. The finale wasn't as strong as we thought it would be, but it was still solid. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the show as a whole. And it showed that Marvel can do this successfully and put a big budget into it and have a really big production value on the backside of it. Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at it from a larger perspective of like, you know, what happens after Endgame is the big question. So you had Spider-Man Far From Home come out after that, but it wasn't necessarily a follow-up to Endgame. So then just, I don't know, it was curious to see what Marvel was going to do next. And if you think about how everything got started in 08, 09 with uh, Iron Man, like just like a ground level story that builds up from there. So they almost just like restart that process again with WandaVision, with um, just some of the other stuff where it just kind of builds and builds and builds and builds, but you start with some a story that's relatively small. And I just thought yeah. like it was a perfect way to jump back into that. It was too. And it, and it really spoke heavily on the heavy topic of grief and loss and how you process those yeah. and how to not process them. Which mm-hmm. Wanda shows us exactly how not to process your grief by literally kidnapping an entire community and brainwashing them, which is kind of terrifying in and of itself. But like you said, it's a small story that eventually goes into the whole multiverse. Yeah. Which is... Like at the very end, Wanda is looking through the uh, that dark book, I don't remember the name of it, but trying to find her kids. And I think she's opening up the multiverse, which is then leading into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and so many other things. But I, I, it just blows my mind how Kevin Feige has this huge roadmap and all these little pieces are just slowly weaving in. I know. And like one of those little pieces is a six-part TV show or <laughs> like a trilogy, movie trilogy. It's just insane, the scope of what Marvel has done and who knows what in the world they're going to do. Like it's just, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and even like when you were talking about Hawkeye a little bit and you're still kind of getting into it, and I, I was kind of telling you, you got to change your perspective. This isn't a cosmic mm-hmm. MCU event, but instead, this is street level. And it really is incredible. 
Yeah. And it's where it's where like Marvel can really just build momentum from nothing. It's because it's hard for us to just think cosmically all the time. Like in game yeah. or Infinity War is such a nice treat or Age of Ultron, whatever. Um, because it's once every four years, five years, whatever it yeah. is. Um, yeah. But you just can't do that. You have to have that ground level. You have to have that kind of nitty gritty story. Um, you have to have your Captain America Winter Soldier so you can have Civil War. Like, it's just such a great build. Um, and it's yeah. cool to see it in person. Absolutely. So uh, we're, we're about to dive into pandemic binges. But what is the one most anticipated, let's just say anything of next year, um, it can be a Disney Plus TV show, but any type of content. What is the most anticipated thing for you? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. There's there's a couple of things because next year's is gonna be a big year, and I'll tell you one that's kind of going under the radar for some, maybe not for all, and that's the Batman. Uh, pretty excited for that. Just want to see again another iteration of Batman. You're like, how many more can we actually do? But I think it could be really interesting. I don't know if that's my absolute favorite. I think Thor Love and Thunder may be my favorite <laughs> that I'm most excited hey, for. I'm excited for that one too. Like, it's just, they, uh, it's gotten such momentum. Again, that's the only word I can think of is momentum. Um, and it'll be great to see what happens there. Believe it or not, Avatar 2 is scheduled for next year. Yeah, I, I, hey, I don't know if I'm... Scheduled. It's been scheduled for years, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, like, super excited about it, but it could be interesting. But I would say Thor, Love and Thunder, probably, and I'm thinking big movies, but probably my most okay. excited. Yeah. For me, it's, without a shadow of a doubt, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm, come on now. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I could have nothing next year and get that six-part that six-part TV series, and I'll be satisfied. Do you so know the release on that, when that is? I don't know if they've actually announced the date yet. Just 2022. 2022. Mm. Yes. So that's been, that. Uh, that's streaming and how it's changed the game really over the past two years. So what was your biggest pandemic binge? Uh, there was a few. I want to say early pandemic, we were really into Survivor still. I think we talked about it on the show a little bit. Um, but Survivor was a big one. Sarah wanted to kind of get caught up. And I swear we watched 10 seasons of Survivor early pandemic, which was insane. Okay. Another one along the way was Hamilton. Came out, I think, summer 2020 on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Again, it had been yeah. on Broadway for a little while. But, um, oh my gosh, yeah, that one, that one took over my life for a little bit. So, yeah, I would stick with those two. Those two. Okay. Um, for me, I actually read through the entire Harry Potter saga for the first time wow during the pandemic so that was uh a, a big thing for me so that was one of the big binges and then just for us just like we were saying mickey mouse clubhouse <laughs> um but all the all the different shows that have been coming out but it was really cool to kind of you know i've seen the movies before but to see the book for the first time and to really lean into those um was a really cool thing for me to do yeah yeah, that, that, those are unique. I, I read them for the first time, I think, in college or a little bit after. I don't remember when. But, yeah, just a unique just unique experience. you got to yeah. read them, watch the movies. They're great. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and uh, they're having their reunion special 
on HBO Max. Yeah. I think the end of this year, maybe even uh, the very end of the year, December 31st. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, this is like our reunion special, just like Harry Potter's having their reunion special and Friends had their reunion special. Basically, I mean, like the timeline of when the movies came out was like perfectly in line with our age, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's something there. There is something there that we're hanging on to. Um, favorite thing over the past two years? Favorite thing overall? Ooh. Yeah. I'd written something down for this question already, and I'm second-guessing it, but I'm going to go with it, and it was Dune, which was okay. really recent, and that was purely for the visuals. <laughs> like, okay. I've read the book. You, re- you read the book, right? I think I read the book when we were doing the podcast. I mentioned it a couple of times. The book is just kind of hard to follow. Maybe I'm just not – it's just not for me maybe, but it's considered like uh, one of the greats in science fiction. you got to read Dune. Yeah. You've got to read some Isaac Asimov. You've got to read Jules Verne or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a tough book, but the movie was like beyond what I could have thought. Now, if you didn't have a little bit of back knowledge of the book, had Sarah asking when we were watching the movie, what's this, what's that? Because, like, there's no context. Like, you just don't. You don't know what he's sticking his hand into and why it's hurting him and what is this for. And if you read the book, you get some of that. But no, yeah, that was probably it because it was just, it was beautiful. That or Hamilton were probably, yeah, up there. I'm going to stay on the sci-fi route with you, um, but instead I'm going to go with just Andy Weir as a whole. Okay. So I read uh, Project Hail Mary, Mm. which, have you read it yet? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it just briefly a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I truly love that book. And I can't wait to see the live-action adapt, adaptation with it, with Ryan Reynolds coming out. So I read that one, and then I went straight into The Martian, which I'd read for the, read for the very first time after seeing the movie a few years ago. May have even loved it more than Project Hail Mary. I don't really know. They were both Ooh. very different, but still very similar. And then I read Artemis. Didn't love it. I was okay with it. But yeah. it just... A little messy, a little clunky in some ways with some of the storytelling. But a very different uh, perspective and something interesting. But definitely reading through Project Hail Mary and The Martian have been a huge highlight for me over the past uh, year, two years. Yeah, we talked about Project Hail Mary briefly. And I think I was, I think I told you you had to read The Martian just because the movie, yes. movie was good. Movie was solid. The book was, and especially, like I read it before I watched the movie. I read it 10 years ago now. Um, and it was just like, or not 10, it was seven years ago. But it was fantastic. It's just so good. The way that he built the story. I think I read one time that he had written a blog because he was studying some satellite imagery of Mars that, nasa was doing and just wrote this kind of silly blog and turned that into a story people wanted more and more of it and then he couldn't figure out how to do it on the website so he made a big pdf of it and uploaded it people didn't like that something about that and then he put it on amazon and put it as the cheapest price and called it the martian just so that people could read it so it was like supposed to be kind of like a free thing at first and it just took off because it was written so well uh and it's great um project hail mary reminds me of another book series children of time which i've talked about not the okay. same at all, but a similar interacting with an alien species-ish. I don't know why it reminds yeah. me of Children of Time, but it does. Um, but yeah, no, Andy Weir, great. Artemis is his weakest book so far, but it's not bad. Agreed. And actually, as we've been talking, my brother-in-law 
no joke, just texted me and he said, random question, did you ever read anything else from Andy Weir? So it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny how those two kind of things uh, line up. Yeah. Um, so before we go today, we've been talking about the past. And one thing that happened this past weekend is a cum- culmination of 19 years in the making of the Spider-Man franchise coming together for Spider-Man No Way Home. Cody, we haven't talked about it besides a few texts. Yeah, and we we geeked out in those texts, but yeah, we haven't really talked about it. (laughs) So we're going to give you our minute and a half to two minute spoiler-free synopsis of the movie, which I don't even know if I can do that. And then as soon as we're going to start giving spoilers, we will let you know. And if you want to tune out, you can. But the movie has been out for a few days. Um, but we do. We want to respect you with spoilers because it is such a big time. You don't want to be spoiled movie. Yeah. So, Cody, it, give us your spoiler-free thoughts. Spoiler-free thoughts and a little bit of a synopsis. Spider-Man finishing up from Far From Home. His identity is revealed, and he wants to kind of take that back. He turns to Doctor Strange, and crazy stuff happens when Doctor Strange tries to help him, and stuff starts popping up from other universes, including Doc Ock, Green Goblin, um, Sandman, like crazy villains. Um, I thought the movie, spoiler for thoughts, uh, fantastic, and perhaps the best Spider-Man movie ever, and perhaps top three in my Marvel um yeah, top three in my Marvel countdown. It, it is it is up there. It is so good. It was well done. It was everything was brought together so well. It had highs. It had lows. It had funny moments. It had touching moments. It was it was so good, and it brought like a just a different element to Tom Holland Spider Man. Yeah, um, which was important and needed for him. He's a little bit too bit of too too much of like a goody two shoes. Everything's great. So, yeah, no, ten out of ten. Great, fantastic. There was a lot of emotional heaviness. I guess what you're, it really gets into some deep problems with Peter. Um, and he has to have a moral compass along the way, guide him as he's making some big decisions. Um, and, spoiler free, Willem Dafoe is absolutely excellent in his reprisal of Norman Osborn. Oof. Incredible seeing him back uh, 19 years later, not missing a single beat. And not looking like he's aged a ton, which he looked relatively old in Spider-Man 2002. Yeah. But, man. And so I was reading, and again, spoiler free, I was reading that the only way that he would sign on to the movie, yeah, only agreed to reprise his role on the condition he'd still be allowed to perform the majority of his stunts like he did in Spider-Man. Insane. Absolutely love that. And there there was a little bit of de-aging technology used on him and Albert Molina, respectively, as Doc Ock. But even just like you see in like the red carpet, Willem Dafoe looks good. Yeah. 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 The man has, has been around. He's He was born in 1955. I don't even want to do the math on that. But he's an old dude. Um, and, yeah. Insane. He's almost Incredible. 70, right? Yeah. Yeah, 66, I think is what that is. Yeah. Um, and, and he really is the main villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are kind of supporting villains in a way, but he really takes the cake of this is another Green Goblin, which is perfect because that is Spider-Man's yeah. that's Spider-Man's enemy throughout throughout the comics. It's it's Green Goblin. 
Um, so, I, th I think we've given you enough of our spoiler-free. Here is our, your spoiler war warning. Go away if you've not seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoiler review, Cody. Hit me with it. Oh, my gosh. Andrew and Toby are in this movie. How did they pull that off? <laughs> I have no clue. And, I mean, there were lots of, you know, leaks, and Andrew and Toby were denying, denying, denying. But then Ned opens the portal. Andrew Garfield comes through, and, and, you, and you know then that that's him coming through. You, you see the Amazing Spider-Man costume. He walks through, and like you just like you start choking up because you're you're just so pumped to see Andrew back on screen again. Okay. One, One, two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five. Okay. I'm going to take talking about Andrew again and I okay. won't talk for long. I'll pop back. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, I texted you, um, not long after you watched the movie about Andrew. And I think that like, I told you that he has some of the best screen presence, um, of just anybody in the movie. Like he's on the screen. He is Spider-Man. I don't know how, but like, and yeah. it's a shame because his movies are considered some of the worst, if not the worst, Spider-Man movies. But I think Garfield maybe was one of the better Spider-Men, like definitely better than Toby, probably better than Tom. He just, he brought a cool side of it, which is not always Peter, um, but he brought just like a kind of lightheartedness to the role, I, I think, and he played it so well. I couldn't well. agree more. So. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, and I think it's so heartbreaking, honestly, to see, how Sony really ruined this movie that Mark Webb had like created these in incredible relationships that Andrew and Emma Stone just I mean, portray perfectly. Mm -hmm. There's these huge set pieces and there's some beautiful visuals, but then the story is just so clunky and, and it ruins almost him as a Spider-Man. But then seeing him and Toby come back, it gave me these like memories of Hayden Christensen being welcomed back at Star Wars Celebration mm. after being hated on, but then the fans being like, you know what? You really were great at what you yeah. did. And it, I, I felt that same thing. There's a lot of talks about the amazing Spider-Man three being green lit and people are just pumped to see Andrew back on screen. Yeah. It's been interesting to hear, like to read some of the, some of the fan reviews, not necessarily the critic reviews of like, I love seeing Andrew back. And yet, you go on IMDb, you look at the community ratings, 6.9 for The Amazing Spider-Man, 6.5 for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, it was just, like, exactly what you said. You've got Andrew. Everybody loves him. Everybody hates the movies. <laughs> Not hates, but they really didn't yeah. like him. <laughs> for sure. And I don't know if you've seen No Way Home is sitting at, I think, a 9.0 and is the eighth highest rated movie on IMD, IMDb of all time right Which, now. Will not stay that way, most likely, but it does go to show this movie is great. And so we talked about Andrew, yeah. Toby. Toby coming back and being this calm, 
just mature. I've been around for a while. I've seen the good. I've seen the bad. I've seen everything in between. Spider-Man, Peter Parker was also just fantastic. They each had their own specific things. It wasn't like, I'm trying to just be everything Peter Parker. Like, they all fit their little molds. And it was it was perfect, though, for what it was. Absolutely. And I, I loved the the youth pastor line towards Toby. Mm. Are, are you, you going to go dress as a cool youth pastor or get your suit on? And I was like, before Andrew dropped that line to Toby, I thought, I'm kind of digging Toby's outfit right now. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. The only thing he was missing was the, the flat bill hat, right? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was perfect that they, they pulled that in. But Toby's is kind of more <coughs> veteran Spider-Man, been doing it longer, has this kind of moral compass that put Peter on the right path a lot of the time, especially at the end when Peter's out for vengeance against Green Goblin after he kills Aunt May, and Toby comes in and really stops Tom from making a horrible mistake. So, yeah. It, it really was cool to see them all bring in their own strengths as Spider-Man and Peter, Peter yeah. one, Peter two, Peter three, and just bring it together. Now. Okay. So we talked about kind of each Spider-Man, which again, I think Tom actually had the, his best performance as Spider-Man too, because he had, Absolutely. he had to show some range. Uh, um, uh, yeah. With, with Aunt May dying, with interacting with other Peters, with facing vengeance and wanting to take it, like that moment at the end was actually, it was solid. So I think all of them just knocked it out of the park. Just killed it. Yeah, absolutely. And like hearing that with great power comes great responsibility line, not from Ben, but from May. That That's the line. That's the uniting force between the three of them that really challenges them in a really hard moment, but sends them on this path to becoming the real Spider-Man they need to be. Yeah, so let's let's talk about some of the moments in that movie. Okay. Just just hit some of the highlights, um, and I'm trying to think of where to start. I'm thinking I want to think chronologically, but I can't remember all the details along the way. Um, the one that stands out to me though is Andrew saving MJ, and that moment brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> That's by far, maybe not by far, but that was the the moment that stuck with me the most. And I think we all kind of saw that coming from the trailer. When you mm-hmm. see MJ falling, you're like, okay, Andrew's going to show up. He's going to save her. And it, it, you see Tom goes in, goes the traditional way that Andrew did, right? Just jumps down. And then Andrew, I, I think he learns from his mistakes. This, this moment he's probably thought about for years and years. How could I have done this differently? So he launches himself down and grabs her. With his hands, instead of getting her with... It, it, it just shows you how much he's replayed this memory, how to fix it, how he does fix it. And then at the very end, just like his eyes filling with tears is just a powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Insane moment. And then just his... I mean, his acting, his everything in that moment afterward of like, are you okay? And she says, yeah. And the tears in his eyes of like, this is this is redemption in a way for me. Yeah insane moment which so uh, i think maybe we talked about it maybe we didn't but the redemption part of it uh that was kind of andrew's redemption and then toby saving green goblin yeah i don't think i don't know if we talked about it or not but like toby saved green goblin fixed his mistake from the first movie which fixed in theory it fixed what happened to harry which changed that entire turn of events you know for him and just was redemption for him. It was so cool to see those two things. Like, we're going to actually fix what happened and change yeah. the entire we need to defeat villains 
on its head. And it all happens because of Tom. Yeah. Because Tom has this moral compass. I guess I don't I don't know where it was instilled in him. But from the get go, like he could have just sent them back and been done with it. But he says, No, we, we don't want to send you back to your death. We want to redeem you in some way. So he goes and he helps them through it, and then at the very end they both help him through it as well. So it's so full circle. Mm. All those so, moments. The so moment great. the moment where they're before they're fighting and they start talking about Toby's web shooters. Um yeah. also a fantastic moment. Yes. Uh, um, what was it? I'm something of a scientist myself. The Willem yeah. Dafoe line again, yeah. like that one has been quoted for the last nearly 20 years. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Other, what are some for you? Uh, the the Statue of Liberty scene where the three of them are sitting around, like you were talking about, the scene where he saves MJ, the inclusion of Charlie Cox's Daredevil into the MCU in such a subtle way, bringing that Murdoch, Murdoch in as a lawyer. I completely um, forgot. I've completely yeah. forgot with everything happening in that movie. Aunt May's death, which is such a powerful scene. Um, really just that whole third act with them, the three of them working together eventually after they figure out, like, oh, we need to work together as a team because we're not used to doing that. Two of them aren't. Tom is, so he teaches them, hey, this is how we work together as a team. This is how we did it as the Avengers. And just seeing all of that happen... It just, it was so beautiful to watch that. Yeah, it, it really was. And then the implications, I think, I think, again, the bigger picture is interesting of, like, what are the implications for the MCU? What are the implications for Spider-Man? Because supposedly Tom has signed on for another three movies. And um, I think, not John Favreau, um, Kevin Feige might have said that, like, this is the end of the home trilogy. This is the end of, yep. of, of you know, high school Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And you kind of see that where he's moving into this crappy apartment. It's just kind of like back to a, a reversion of means of like for Spider-Man, for Peter Parker, what life is like. MJ may be going off to MIT. I'm guessing she is. Um, and Ned. And um, there was another piece in the, in the, towards the end. So uh, I, you probably watched the video about this, but MJ had the necklace on still mm -hmm. from Peter. What, what do we do with that information? <laughs> the, they're going to get back together. It's going to take some time. But it brings Spider-Man back ground level. Because Spider-Man has never been ground level in the MCU. He came in during Civil War. Then he went and he fought Thanos in the outer space. Then he saved the entire galaxy. Like, very different Spider-Man than we're used to. So now we're going back. And I think we're going to go ground level. Like, we're poor Peter Parker. And nobody knows who he is. And I'm going to fight criminals on the street. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder... So whatever the spell was that that Stephen did, that Doctor Strange did, you know, everybody who remembers who uh, Peter Parker or Spider-Man is forgets it. I wonder what that does with anything that um, Tony Stark left to Spider-Man or gave him or any mm -hmm. kind of, like, if there are any recordings, if there's any piece of that that we'll see later on. I think that would be interesting because he has to connect back to that history somehow, yeah. right? Uh, you would think so, but I think what it is is a kind of an enchantment of if anybody sees anything of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, they just they their brain can't comprehend it, or it's like they're just enchanted where they can't see past that. That's kind of what I've found through some of the digging I've done. But it's going to be interesting to see what that's going to look like. Yeah, yeah. I think the future is really interesting. Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out next year. 
there was a teaser for that at the end of the movie. Um, and then, oh, I, I need to mention this, of course, that I, I thought was amazing. At the end of the movie where Tom is in that apartment and all that, his new suit is Toby's um, emblem, but with Andrew's colors. So, like, yeah. it was just a mixture of the two suits, which was fantastic. I would love but to was, see that suit in a movie. It was, fully. once again, a suit that he had to make because he doesn't have Tony's Stark tech, nano tech, anything anymore. So he's back to the Spider-Man that we see that was created back in 1969. Yeah, yeah. But also that means he's probably a scientist of some kind. Like, he's got some of that background. He may be doing photography for the Bugle or something like that. But, like, he, he has that kind of science bent, too. So I'm curious what he does on his own yeah. without a ton of Tony Stark technology. So it's, kind of, it's left the door wide open, and I can't wait to see what they do next with Spider-Man. Oh, I'm so excited. It was so good. If you haven't it seen so it good. and you listen to all that, I'm sorry, but you need to go see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, closing it out, Cody. We, we, we always close with this same question. and We've been talking about what we've been binging for the past two years. But today, December 22nd, 2021, what are you binging? <sighs> right now, it's uh, Hawkeye for me because okay. I kind of I waited, not really intentionally, um, but just kind of. It slipped my mind. Life got busy, and I haven't watched any of it until two or three days ago. So I'm on episode four, I think, right now, um, and it's been good so far. So I'm excited to see what happens. I, it, you've told me it's a ground level story, so it's not going to connect a ton. Maybe there's some things here and there, but Hawkeye's just always been an interesting character. I think it needed like a a Kate Bishop, um, somebody with a little bit more personality to come in. The whole play on. Is she his partner? Probably not, but he doesn't have a partner because of what happened um, to Natasha. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. There's some big reveals that you'll see over the next few episodes, and I'm excited to see what the finale is Yeah. that I will watch probably tonight sometime because it did drop this morning on Disney+. Plus. Um, so, yeah, great show. And then for me, uh, we always have a weird show that the Grants are binging, so we're back to watching Hoarders. Oh, my gosh. Because that's just what we do. And then I just bought the book Cloud Cuckoo Land. It's, okay. Have you heard anything about it? No idea. It sounds really weird. It, it, it's this like takes place in the 15th century, modern day, and then in the future. And the, these kids are like, I don't know if they're kids or like young adults or what. They're all interconnected through some... Something I, I I can't give you the synopsis of it, but from what I've read of it, it sounds super interesting. Um, and I'm just going to be leaning into that over the next few weeks as I'm on uh, Christmas break and then a paternity leave with a new baby. Mm. You're going to have a lot of time to read there, huh? Psh, I'll have a lot of time to be doing something. I don't know if it'll be reading or if I'll be crying myself to sleep. <laughs> You're going to be crying with the baby. <laughs> I'll be crying with the baby, and Judah will be crying. We'll all be crying, and it's going to be so wonderful. Uh, no, it's going to be, be fantastic. It's going to be great. You're going to have so much fun. The baby won't cry at all. It'll just say, hey, I'm hungry. Can I eat? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. That's it. Man, we're going from full independence with Judah to absolutely dependent. So it's going to be a big change, but, man, we're excited for it. Mm, awesome. Well, I'm excited for you guys. Can't wait. I can't wait either going to be crazy and then it may you know postpone our recording schedule uh by about a year or two so we'll, we'll, we'll see you next time when we see uh culture shock people cody any last words 
no. Stay safe. Have fun. Awesome. We'll see you guys later. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.